1: Welcome to another episode of Behind the Seams brought to you by Just Baseball Media. Uh, we have a legendary guest with us today. He played for the Milwaukee Brewers and the Kansas City Royals, two-time All-Star, Gold Glover, most importantly, a uh, father of three, uh, Lorenzo Cain. How are you doing today?
2: I'm doing outstanding, guys. I really appreciate you guys having me. So, yeah, just hanging out and enjoying this this dad life, I guess.
1: Yeah. I mean, we're excited to have you on. It's just a privilege to be able to talk to you and talk about your journey through baseball. Uh, I kind of want to start off probably from the beginning, right? Uh, you had not always played baseball. You started playing in high school. Uh, you played basketball for a bit, but kind of talk about that first transition and how you've got into baseball.
2: Um, like, like you said, I initially, you know, my, my first start into sports, you know, it was, it was later on in life. Uh, I didn't really start playing sports until high school and, um, Basketball was my for, my first goal at it in ninth grade, and um, I, I got cut. A lot of people don't know that. I got cut from the basketball team, so, you know, that was very hurtful. So I decided not to try out for basketball again, and um, my mom would let me play football. So I said, hey, what what else is, is there left to, to do? So baseball was kind of the last sport, and, um, you know, I went out for baseball, and kind of the, the rest is history, you know?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's awesome just kind of how you made that start and then just developed this amazing career in baseball. Um, Mm -hmm. The one thing I want to talk about, too, just going into your career, um, you were kind of known for being that lively guy in the clubhouse, right? You always brought in that positive attitude. You had that awesome relationship with Salvador Perez when you were on the Royals. Um, Talk about how you decided to conduct yourself on a daily basis and what made you always, no matter what, like you were slumping or having a uh, uh, good games, what really brought, helped you bring that personality to the clubhouse every day?
2: Yeah. You know, I always try to bring the energy. Um, you know, it's a long season, so you want to, you want to try to have as much fun as possible yeah. because, um uh, you're playing baseball games every single day. So, uh, it can get, you can get in a routine where, where things get monotonous or whatnot. And, um, uh, so you need you need a team full of positive, you know, energy field guys to kind of allow you to enjoy that long season, especially if you're if you're not playing well. You know, if you're not <laughs> playing well, it can, it can go sideways real quick. So, uh, you know, when you're winning, everything is just flowing right. But uh, yeah, you just want to be that positive guy, that positive positive influence on the other guys. Um, I've always tried to do that, um, even if, if even if it was just you know with a smile sometimes. So. Uh, you know, uh, we had a we had a really good clubhouse, especially in Kansas City. So um, uh, I enjoyed my time there. That's why I ultimately, ultimately uh, decided to retire the Kansas City Royals because I enjoyed my time there so much. So, uh, yeah, you just try to bring that energy, you know, be positive. It's a grind, um, and you're going get to get out a lot. It's, it's the big leagues for sure.
1: Yeah. You mentioned that time with the Royals and kind of all the winning days that you had there. Do you have a most memorable moment from that 2014-2015 run?
2: Oh wow. Um, no there's a lot. <laughs> yeah, we had a lot a lot of a lot of special moments, um a lot of good times. Um, I would have to say scoring from first uh against Toronto um at, yeah. at, in Kansas City, that was one of them. Obviously winning the World Series was definitely special, you know. Um, you know, when you play this game long enough and you see how many guys are still playing and and you know, some of the top dogs like I would say for instance like a Mike Trout or somebody and He hasn't had opportunity to you know win a world series and i think he's only been Mm -hmm. in playoffs like once so and i think that was against us so you know that just shows you how hard it is to to get to that position to the playoffs and get an opportunity to win a world series uh it takes a special group um it takes a lot of talent a lot of hard work and um yeah i think that's the kind of group that we had
1: yeah i love that i think that's an awesome thing i'll turn over to Kale because i'm sure he's got a few questions too
0: Yeah, Lorenzo, thank you so much for being here. I mean, one of the things I wanted to kind of touch upon that Jared was saying was coming from basketball, I mean, you mentioned, you know, discussing with your mother what other sports you can play. When you did start playing uh, baseball, what position were you either choosing to play or being put Mm -hmm. at? I'm really curious about that. And then I kind of want to talk about the service time that you accrued over your great career. Yeah, um, yeah, initially, you know,
2: it was my first time trying for baseball art right. and um you know my first actually my first two or three weeks i uh i ended up making a jv squad and um they put me at third base so the first two or three weeks i was playing third base but it it, it got ugly over there real fast yeah. so. <laughs> that's <laughs> a real so taste, I, yeah. yeah so you know the ball was just, just eating me alive man i I I couldn't make the routine play, I, I would make like the the tough plays, but I, I couldn't make the routine plays consistently for, for whatever, whatever reason. But um yeah, then coach decided, you know, third base wasn't for me and he, he moved me to left field actually. So my journey started off at third base and after a few weeks they moved me to left field and I kind of played left field
0: uh, the entire time in high school. Yeah. So you mentioned all these things that, you know, stand out as big moments in your career. Also being on the Brewers and the Royals, you have all these different things that kind of define your career. You obviously have a great season. Like, you know, there's one season that probably stands out to you, but to me, looking back on this and I know it's only me, I didn't play the games. I didn't, you know, get out seven times, you know, out (laughs) of 10 and then say, Oh, I'm a success. But looking at it from a fan perspective, someone who loves and understands the game, I know that hitting, 10 years service time is huge can you talk to us about that journey to getting there and and what the thoughts in your head kind of kept you going through those moments yeah you know my my career definitely didn't start off the way I wanted
2: to you know um early on in my career when I you know finally got to the big leagues and and I had a ton of injuries you know I mean I was pulling hamstrings quads growings I mean you name it I was I was getting injured so uh the first you know three years in the show didn't go as planned, you know, and honestly, I wasn't sure how long I would last because I couldn't, I couldn't stay on the field, you know, and as we know in this business, you know, we you can't, if you don't find a way to stay on the field, they'll, <laughs> they'll replace you, you know, so, uh, but eventually something clicked. I ended up moving to Oklahoma. Um, I found a, you know, a trainer to kind of fix all my issues or help out with all my issues. And, um, I was able to turn my career around and, um, like I say, 10 years was, was something that, was out of the reach early on, I thought, because because of all the injuries. But um, once I figured out how my body worked and, and, and I learned how to control my injuries a little bit more, um, yeah, 10 years, you know, seems like a blur now, you know, from when <laughs> I started. It's amazing how fast it went by once I uh, reached close to that time. Can you guys keep it down just a little bit, please? <laughs> that,
1: that,
0: ten, that 10 years has its own fraternity, so I, I'm curious, like, you know, when that happened, how did you feel? <laughs> how did you deal yeah. with that with your family, with your kids, you know, looking back and saying, like, you know, I hit that marker and now I'm entering that, you know, 10 year service time fraternity?
2: Yeah, it was it was special, you know. Um, you know, 10 years was, was something like this. I opted out. I opted out of 2020. So, um, you know, I knew that cost me a full year as well, you know, with all the COVID thing stuff that was going on and. My oldest son had, uh, has really bad asthma. So, you know, early on, we didn't really unsure about how, you know, the COVID deal worked. Um, so I didn't want to take that risk and, you know, possibly, you know, something happened with him, you know, because he had underlying conditions. But, uh, you know, ten, ten, 10 years of service time was special, man. Um, it's a goal that I think all baseball players strive to get. Um, not a lot of guys get an opportunity to play 10 years because um, it's a hard game. It's a tough yeah. game. You know uh, it's it's not only tough to get there but it's it's even tougher to, to stay there so uh but yeah i found a way i found a way to stay consistent enough to keep my body healthy enough to achieve that goal and um basically i get an opportunity now to i was very fortunate now i get to spend time with my family and hang out and retire and it'll you know, just kind of give back not only to my kids but to the community as well yeah, yeah i have
0: one more question before i pass it right off to jared um the going with the 10 years. Most mm-hmm. of the players that we have ever seen play, you know, in your case played with, get retired by the game. Like you mentioned, the injuries can plague you, it, you know, yeah. the franchise can do whatever they want with you if you're hurt, if you're not playing and producing. But you had the privilege of walking away on your own merit. Can you yeah. talk about that process that kind of stems from the 10 years and kind of going through this? I think that is something that when you look back on a career, to be able to say that is such a mm-hmm. an honor. Um, we see some of the greats. Choose to do that, right? Like, or or they just let the game dictate it. And to have that right. choice in itself is is a power.
2: Yeah, it it was it was just a great feeling in general uh, because I knew, you know, um, I had more, you know, opportunities to continue to play, and um, you know, like you said, to get ten years and also get an opportunity to win a World Series ring is something that, you know, we as baseball players always strive to get. And I was able to accomplish both of them. And, um, you know, once I got home, you know, I kind of I kind of left it in the hand of, hands of my boys and I said, hey, what do you guys want daddy to do? You know, you want me to continue to play baseball because I can because um, I had got a, a three or four teams that were very interested. And um, I kind of left it in the hands of my boys and my family. And I said, hey, do you guys want daddy to continue to play baseball or, you know, are you ready for daddy to be home with you guys? And I mean, within a second, it was. That they've screamed, Daddy, I want you to stay home. I want you to stay home. <laughs> so it it wasn't it, it was, you know, it was decided with them. And um it doesn't take me much convincing when it comes to my boys. Um so yeah, I just decided to to hang them up. And like you said, I got an opportunity to walk out on my own terms. So that's always a blessing.
1: Yeah, I kind of want to build off that because I think that's awesome that you talked about the importance of family, right? We mm-hmm. interview a lot of players and they have their identity kind of lost in the game. But it, just you having a family and having some of those passions away, you can kind of see it already that you do have um, your personality and yourself away yeah. from the game as well as inside the game. Mm-hmm. So what's the, been the transition like for you Um from going from playing to retiring, getting to spend more time with their family, and now also doing some of the incredible work you're doing now with Fall Territory as well.
2: Yeah, it's been it's been an easy transition. I think I get that that question most. You know, how has yeah. the, tra- the transition from you know playing ball, being on a schedule every day, to now you're home and you know doing whatever? And the transition has always been easy to me because I enjoyed being with my family, being with my boys. Um, I'm coaching their their. 8 uh, and U is coach hit baseball team right now. So we ended up going to state, you know, and, you know, we lost in championship game, but, you know, just to see them grow and, and get better um, with all the hard work they put in was, was something that I enjoyed the most. I wa- I like watching them improve as not only kids, but, you know, trying to be a, a baseball player as well. So, uh, and so that's what I've been doing, man, just hanging out with my boys uh, as much as possible. We spent a lot of time together. Um, we're, we're, we're big, big family guys. So we're trying to take vacations, because we didn't get a chance to, you know, do that much. So we're taking vacations as a family and, uh, I'm just kind of enjoying it to the fullest right now. So it, it's been a blast. Um, I guess it's been what, six, seven months since I've been retired, I guess. So, uh, it, it's, it's been, it's been a blast for sure.
1: Yeah. What got you kind of into the foul territory uh, realm too, starting to do media and yeah. uh, news and stuff like that
2: it's all new to me trust me you know, <laughs> I, I didn't I, I was never a social media guy and I just made an Instagram account for that show and it's like, yeah. uh, it's like oh Lorenzo's on Instagram but yeah so I'm just <laughs> I'm just starting it I did that maybe two months ago uh started an account for, for the show and uh you know they gave me a call and said hey you want to be interested in doing the show and I was like well hey hey no problem I'll sign on up and you know I'll, I'll give you guys the best I can up there and uh, we kind of go for there, but it's. It's been a lot of fun. Um, I feel like the, the channel is growing very fast, and um, it's it's been it's been great to be a part of.
1: Yeah, it's awesome to see the content you guys are driving. Right, it's all mm-hmm. mostly player driven. It's kind of from the yeah. voices of the players, and I think that's something that is definitely missing within the game. Right, 100%. getting those perspectives from what the players are going through, what their analyses are. and I think that's awesome.
2: Yeah, and I feel like the players are being very honest and they're being upfront, yeah. and I and I think that's a side that we as I guess, fan, I guess I'm a fan now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we didn't, we didn't, You don't really get the opportunity to kind of see, you know, getting kind of that honest and that very blunt and, and, and responses that we're getting from them. And it's been a lot of, a lot of top guys on the show as well. So it's, it's been a lot yeah, of fun. For sure.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's a testament to, to what you all are doing though, right? You're providing them an environment where they can feel comfortable to open up and right. talk about things within the game. So I think that's huge itself. Um, I got to ask. So, What's one of the best clubhouse stories that you have from your time playing? I mean, I'm sure there's millions, but you have one that really sticks out to you?
2: I just, I got one when I was in Kansas City. Um, It was, it was in the playoff. We were in the playoffs. I think that was, was it 14? It might've been 14, but I don't know if you guys know Gerard Dyson, but he's he's (laughs) probably one of the best trash talkers that I've ever been around. And and um so yeah, we're we're you know, we beat, I think we we beat the Angels. Now we're heading to Baltimore. And we get to Baltimore and Dyson and I think who was on the team, was it yeah, I think Dyson and Kirby. I don't know if you know Kirby, but he was the first base coach. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, Dyson has always put the zoom zoom <laughs> in his head, you know, he was always put the letter zoom in his head. So we get there and the coach on the other team sees that he's like, you need to take that zoom out of your head you're not going to steal any bag today and he's like yeah you're right you're right i'm gonna take it out and i'm gonna put broom because we're about to sweep y'all ass (laughs) 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 so just just for him to just trash talk like that that is something i enjoy the most and we ended up sweeping them so you know he he kept his promise so (laughs) that's one one of the stories that i always go to man he he is definitely by far one of the better teammates. And uh, just that entire group in general, man, we had a blast together.
1: Yeah, I remember I used to work for the Royals in the clubhouse in Arizona um, at the Complex League, and Dyson was there for a while, and he was just always lining up the clubhouse. Yes. Caleb, I'll turn it over to you if you got any other questions.
0: Yeah, I was I was going to ask, the clubhouse that you're in now is obviously with your kids. You have a daddy daycare going on. <laughs> yeah. You can, you can cool. tell us some of the best stories there with your kids, you know, oh, you know post- close playing career and then i just want to know what it was like yeah. you know going through a day with daddy Daker. i do that a lot of myself i have two kids myself so i, I know what mm-hmm. it's like you know you have one running and you're you're holding one or like you're trying to keep them away from <laughs> each other from fighting so what's it oh, like man. when you're when you're watching them
2: you know it's, it's definitely different every day you know sometimes you get this that they're they're sweethearts and they're the nicest kids ever then the next day you know they're fighting they're scratching they're yelling they're screaming i'm like i don't know what's going on in this house <laughs> but uh i think my wife has slowly turned our because we we have we have some land out here and uh she's slowly turning this uh this land into a big playground kind of and we have swings and, and and slides and and i have a baseball field going up in the ba- in the backyard and That's we awesome. have a pond and we go fishing man and we got bikes and trails i mean we got a little bit of everything so it's, it's always a ton of kids at, at the house playing around. So that's what I enjoy it most. All the kids come over here and they have a blast and they got a lot to do. Look, I got my, my good this big dog right here. <laughs> She's walking around with weights in her hand right now. I saw There's shit too it right one here. Point. So yeah, So, <laughs> so yeah, it just, it's just a big playground and Love it's it. a lot of fun just watching the kids
0: interact, have fun, and just enjoy each other. All right, son. What, what are there. you teaching them from what you learned as a baseball player? Obviously, you know, the cliche that failure is part of the game and, you know, that translates yeah. to life a lot. What are you teaching them? You know, you came out of a successful career and now you're going into parenting. I know there's a lot of parallels there. So, how are you doing that? And some of them, they probably get it right away. The other ones, you're like, I'm going to wait for something to happen, then give the lesson. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, I,
2: you know, some lessons, you know, I I allow them to go through so they can, you know, almost kind of, it kind of reinforces and teaching themselves, you know, they got to go through failure to kind of learn how to deal with it. But also I like to tell them, be consistent. If you know you want to achieve something that may be baseball, maybe be football, I don't know, firefighter, whatever the case may be, you have to bring consistency, like being consistent. Uh, what's up, man? Can you see I do. Yeah, in a second. In a second. I'll, I always wanted them to be consistent in whatever they do. You know, um, um, like I say, let, let's say let's take baseball, Francis. You know, um, you have to build a consistent routine where that we're gonna take 15 swings a day. We're gonna throw 20 balls a day. Um, obviously, they can't work out now, but we'll get in here and we'll do push-ups and you know body weight squats and. If you want to be great at something, just bring consistency to the table. Mm -hmm. And that's one thing I kind of preach to them, just being consistent. Uh, Schoolwork, you know, you want to learn how to spell, you want to learn how to tie your shoe, you know, because they're all still young and only my my oldest knows how to tie a shoe right now. So (laughs) whatever you got to do, whatever you're trying to learn and grow and be great at, you have to be consistent at at going out there and and trying to achieve it day in and day out.
0: A great message.
1: I, mean, I think that's yeah. perfect too, because that kind of summarizes mm. your career, right? Every day right. you were consistent. Everybody knew what they were going to get from you every single day on the field. Mm. Um, I'm kind of stealing this question from Kayla, but is there a player you see now that kind of replicates your game uh, today? Ooh,
2: man, ah, let me see, let me see. Ooh, 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 ooh. Games, like I said, the games changed so much. I'm trying to think because I, I've always, I've always modeled my game after. So Tori, Hunter was my favorite player.
0: Makes uh, uh, a lot of
2: sense when I was a college. <laughs> like he, I, I remember just watching videos of him just taking swings and, and the way he played defense. And I, and I always tell myself, I would tell myself, that's what I want to be like. I want to yeah. be like Tory Hunter. So, but to be like Torrey Hunter, I know what I needed to do. I need to go be consistent in, in my work and my work ethic and everything. And as you can see, uh, we, we're kind of, we look very similar in our manner of <laughs> field and the way we swing yeah. and go about our way. So I'm, I'm trying to think of one guy right now. I'm drawing a blank. I'll, right I'll now, buy man. you
0: some time. The interesting okay. thing, just going back to the Tory Hunter stuff, I want you to keep uh-huh. thinking of this is what we started the interview about was like that smile, that bringing that yeah, you know, yeah. energy. Yeah. Tory Hunter helped Mike Trout to continue to see like that kid part of the game. And mm-hmm. you definitely had that a part of your game. So like, That was something that was consistent i see it with your kids that you're still a kid at heart you're not getting angry with them because you know what it's like to be a kid you know (laughs) um i'm trying to think of an answer too because jared and i were talking about that um as a question but
2: that's a good question i I guess i've never really thought about it you know honestly it's it's crazy to say i mean i like i like the cedric mullins kid out Mm. there in baltimore i like him a lot you know, I'm a little taller than his, but, <laughs> um, but, but I, I watched the way he plays defense, um, the way he attacks the ball, the way he swings the bat. You know, um, the speed he he displays day in and day out, it's impressive. Um, but yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to think. Jared, of who comes to mind, mind
0: for you?
1: I was that Mullins was the first guy I actually thought of. Yeah.
2: yeah. But- I just, that's a question I never thought of. Yeah, I had to really dive deep into that. Yeah, Buxton's yeah. one guy
0: athletically that comes to mind. but There it is. There it is. Yeah. But his, he is he, – he can fly, man. That yeah. His power <laughs> might be – his power yes. might no more. Yeah, um, he,
2: and he's reckless like I was when I was, you know, in yeah. outfield. Just didn't, you know, disregard, you know, for our bodies and just put our bodies on the line day in and day out.
0: The other interesting thing is a lot of people who your size, mm-hmm. I think they're coming up because they may not – as a shortstop sometimes. yeah.
1: So, right.
0: so even comping you to a uh, current shortstop wouldn't be out of you know reach because you're still yeah. athletically inclined, shortstop. I mean, Bobby, until... Bobby Bobby Witt Jr. reminds me.
2: He's, <laughs> he's a <quality laughs> player,
1: man. You know, Kansas City. I, I think yeah. he's been a really good player for a long
2: time for sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I kind of want to build off this because uh, you talked about how the game's changed so much, right? And you just recently retired and it's even changed right. throughout your career and even the small time since you've been away from the game. Mm-hmm. Now that you're covering the game, uh, for you, who was the toughest pitcher you faced that's still pitching today? And mm-hmm. are there guys that you see on the mound now and you're like, oh, I'd like to see that in the box?
2: <laughs> oh, man. Well, one guy that, that just always, camera, one guy that's always had my number um I got it I honestly if we check the numbers I don't even think I got a hit off of him ever um I'm probably like over 20 with probably 15 strikeouts uh it's Max Scherzer mm-hmm. he he dominated me throughout my entire career and I definitely would like to you know just get another opportunity to, you know get a <laughs> give me a chance to get a hit off of him but yeah over 15
0: feel, you weren't were wrong I, yeah <laughs> so yeah
2: he, he has had my number and um but the way the game's trending now man everybody throws gas now yes yeah. that's, that's one thing that I, I've noticed towards the end of my career everybody throws hard so I I don't really know anybody that I would like to face you know nowadays you know <laughs> everybody's throwing gas you know it, it used to be you know you had the low to load a low of mid 90s or you know low to mid 90s upper 80s was you know you you would get a you know a lot more of that but now I feel like the starters are throwing mid-90s, the relievers, you know, everybody's throwing gas now. So it's tough. The game's yeah. a lot tougher than... than the, I think the game's tougher now than it was when I first got to the show.
0: I was just talking about this with a friend of mine. We were talking about Dave Storr. And mm-hmm. Dave Storr had an amazing career. I think anybody would take his career. But he was in the wrong era. He would blossom in this era. Because he was mm-hmm. just throwing heat. And back then, they didn't really want you to throw heat. They wanted you to locate. Yeah. And he was throwing heat and they were, chasing, they were chasing it towards the latter part of his career, but he would be perfect for now. And yeah. I kind of wanted to use that as a segue because I'm curious on your you know, perspective, your view on African-Americans in baseball. We see yeah. a lot of things happening, um, the HBCU route. I think a lot of things that Del Matthews is doing from the league office. I'm curious your thoughts because from when you stop playing till now, we're not yeah. seeing it at the major league level. That right. what's your difference? But we are seeing it in terms of who's being drafted, who's being selected, and given the opportunities in the minors.
2: For me, it's been you know, growing up, you know, baseball, you know, especially being African American, like baseball was like I say for, even for me, it wasn't my first choice. You know, I chose uh basketball and I chose football over it. And I think and I think a lot of African Americans don't play baseball growing up, you know, um for whatever reason. I'm not sure. Maybe they're just more interested in football, maybe they're more interested in basketball, but, uh, baseball is just something, just is not our first choice for, for whatever reason. And, um, I think as time goes, um, there has been definitely been a lot more African-Americans in the game, but, um, it's, it's a process, but I, I feel like as far as other sports, as far as basketball and, and football are, they're definitely, I think, dominated by African-Americans and, um, and yeah I, I like for whatever reason, I'm not sure why I mean, I know the game is is more expensive. um I knew a lot of people wanted me to do like showcases and and travel ball and all this other stuff and i and I, and I had to tell them, I said, hey, my mom can't afford this like we can't afford to be traveling every weekend and playing games, so I didn't do any of that stuff growing up, you know because we just simply couldn't couldn't afford it but um yeah i've I've been you know, talking to different people, trying to, you know, get more African-Americans involved in the game more. Um, but it's, it's, it's something that us as African-Americans have to be wanting, wanting to be more involved in baseball. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you can't force somebody to play baseball. You know, you have to, yeah. that's just something, a passion that they have to, something that they have to want to do. But, um, yeah, I think as time goes, I think, uh, the, the sport, because uh, baseball is a sport that, you know, you've got all kind of nationalities in it. So, uh, Um, But I think as time goes, uh, I think you'll see further or a lot more African-Americans in the game for sure.
1: Yeah, I I love that. Um, Kind of wrapping up into the last couple of questions here. I think the one we always ask guests because we want this to be a podcast that fans really enjoy, but also future athletes can. Really learn something from. So, if you had like Mm. one piece of advice uh, for the next generation of athletes who might be going through the same journey of you, trying to figure out what sport to play, trying to figure out how to make it in the major leagues, uh, what would that one piece of advice be?
2: Um, you know, I I tell because parents ask me all the time. I tell I tell them to put your put your kids in all sports. Mm. I say don't just limit them to one sport when they're growing up. Allow them to be. Be athletes and learn different body movements and body patterns in everything, basketball, football, and baseball. Like my kids are playing everything. I just don't want to limit them to one thing and and definitely don't burn them out. You know, you got to remember the kids and, you know, I'm not a big fan of doing tournaments all weekend, traveling and playing a hundred games when they're 10 years old. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of it. I know a lot of people are there are places for people like that but for me i say don't burn the kids out don't don't kill it for them while they're young
1: i love that yeah. uh, caleb do you have any other questions before we wrap up yeah when you were
0: going into retirement you went home you asked your kids you know should i keep playing and they said you know mm-hmm. no, daddy come home you had to start building out a schedule for yourself kind of like a new structure now that you're not you know doing practices and games and all that kind of stuff how did you start to go about that for yourself? What worked for you to build out your new schedule um, post-playing? Yeah.
2: Yeah, because, you know, basically my entire life has been, you know, on a schedule. You know, yep. um, everything has been laid out for me my entire life. We know once I started playing sports. So now that transition of, man, now i got to find my routine of what I uh, enjoy doing or or what. What am I trying to? I guess what's the next step for me? And the next step for me was, I'm I, I have like commercial properties where I'm, I'm leasing out. I'm always looking to buy land, and and another thing I do is I'm involved with you know coaching and and with the community as well because I'm coaching basketball, I'm coaching baseball, I'm even coaching flag football. So I'm I'm heavily involved with that. So I've built my schedule around, like you said, foul territory. You know commercial properties and also being involved with you know coaching these kiddos and and trying to get them the best i guess structured environment i can you know because i didn't have that growing up you know just that structured and and having a place to go day in and day out where i i had opportunity to grow and be consistent in whatever i'm trying to achieve in life so i'm just trying to create that structured um safe environment for these kiddos and um i've been having a blast doing it
1: yeah I, I love the community aspect you touched on the one thing mm-hmm. i want last thing i want to touch on that because we interviewed stephen souza jr and he talked about if all players could realize the platform they have and how much they can impact the communities that they're from or mm-hmm. where they live like they, they could make so much change in there and i think that's awesome to see that you're doing it um because mm-hmm. i don't think people a lot of players might not realize the impact they can have yeah the game ends for everybody but Right. You can still be in your local community, really giving back to um, so many people.
2: Yep, one hundred percent. I agree with that one hundred percent. And um, like I say, to be to be a part of, of these kiddos, I mean, I, it's it's funny because I walk through the school sometimes, and I've coached so many teams, and just to see the kids' faces light up, you know, when I walk through the hallways, it's something I enjoy. So uh, we have a blast. I've been having a blast doing it, and um, like I say, just watching these kids grow and give giving them give them opportunity. Um, to grow in whatever they decide to do in life. is something that I, I enjoy doing the most.
1: Yeah. Uh, Lorenzo, we can't thank you enough for taking yeah, the time to you. join us. Uh, this was an you're incredible right. interview. Um, and we really just love hearing your story and how much you're doing for others. Um, but for people who don't know, where can they find you and all the stuff you're doing with the Foul Territory?
2: <laughs> oh, man. So I guess it's, uh, well, find me on Instagram, right? I'm <laughs> new to this Sorry, My name is Kane 6 underscore three kids no, <laughs> so no, if you want to find me dm me send me a message i'll definitely get back to you Go <laughs> yeah. have
0: fun with those kids
2: oh yeah we'll do we'll do <laughs>